Hello, welcome to my Two Cents Podcast review, and today we're going to be reviewing WWE's Day One, which happened on January the 1st, 2022. I want to get this out of the way. I remember talking to you guys Saturday, on Saturday's episode of uh, Wrestling Highlights of the Week, and I talked about how WWE did not um, require their performers to do COVID testing. Now, as it pertains, that Saturday... At six something, like a couple hours before day one happened, Roman Reigns tweeted out to the Wrestling Universe 2 social media that he has caught COVID and that due to that, he will not be able to perform at day one. So meaning that his match with Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship will be scrapped. So when that got announced, ultimately, WWE decided not to just let Brock Lesnar sit down and just be at the show just to relax his... Uh, kick back. Oh, no, no, no. They decided to put him in a championship match. Another one. And he was inserted into the Fatal 4-Way match for the WWE Championship, which turned into a Fatal 5-Way. And that would be in the main event of Day 1. So instead of Roman and Brock, we would get Brock in the Fatal 4-Way, which turned into a Fatal 5-Way, which I must say was a real chaotic match, but I'll get to that whenever the time comes. I just want to say this right now. I don't know how long we're going to get Roman Reigns, personally, if I'm going to be honest with you. If COVID got to him and his body beat him up, and I'm not sure if it did or didn't, I'm just going to go with this, just the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, Roman Reigns already had leukemia in 2018, came back in early 2019, right around WrestleMania time, saying that he beat leukemia, but at least he's in remission. So the data, not the data, but the... Uh, leukemia is still technically inside his body, but just laying low at the moment. And with COVID happening and him getting hit with COVID, I'm not sure if that will help the leukemia, like, uh, cells in his body, like, rampantly pop up or help him out. I'm not sure how that stuff works. I don't mess around with science. I don't do it. I'm just going to be blunt with you here. Um, I just wanted to say this right now. I don't know how long we're going to get Roman on WWE programming. I don't know if we go back to a Thunderdome or we go back to some type of dome. I can see him being back there as he did literally from the after August. So early September, like late August, all the way up to like right now. Well, when the dome happened, the dome ended in early, like mid July. That's whenever Roman was like, he was all the way there at SmackDown constantly because he was the main guy on SmackDown. SmackDown revolved around him. So with us being back in public and we've been back on the road, WWE has been back on the road since July and this January now. So that's about a good, what, uh, five months they've been on the road. And well, yeah, technically because it's first January the third now when you listen to this. Um, it's just weird to me that now Roman has caught COVID and we're almost close to WrestleMania season because it's Royal Rumble time. And once you know you hit Royal Rumble time, you know Mania is really fastly approaching. And with Mania being two days, I'm not sure what we're going to do with Roman Reigns, to be honest with you. I'm not sure if we're going to have Roman at this WrestleMania, to be honest with you. It all depends on how this COVID, uh, how COVID handled Roman Reigns. Did it not affect him as much as we think? that it did or did it affect him the way that we think it did and he's going to be out of wrestling sooner uh than time originally time allotted 
I'm not sure, but I just wanted to say that I wish Roman uh, everything well in his body. I hope that he recovers uh, well, not quickly, because obviously uh, I care about people's well-being. And I believe with somebody like a Roman Reigns or anybody that has any type of cancer cells in their body and they're catching COVID, yo, you guys need to lay low and just take that time to get yourself together, even though you might not uh, feel it, that... Uh, disease is in you and you have already have a sort of virus or a deadly virus already in you that could cause you some harm. I just want to say, take time to heal yourself. WWE will be fine. WWE will, if anything, they'll issue an interim champion until you get back. It'll be fine. Trust me, everything's all good. But again, I want to wish Roman Reigns uh, a speed, not speedy, but just a good recovery uh, to get that out of the way. Day one had two matches of the year so far to me, already off rip. The first day of January, and I already got two matches for matches of the year contenders so far. It was already one match purely because it was great professional wrestling. Another match it was because it was pure chaos, and it was literally the beginning of the uh, pay-per-view and the ending of the pay-per-view. The match that started the pay-per-view and the match that ended the pay-per-view. And I'm going to get to it right now. Day one, open it up with a SmackDown Tag Team Championship match between the Usos and the New Day. And you know you're always going to get the magic between the Usos and the New Day. They have tag team chemistry. They have faced off with each other so much that they know each other's moves. They know how to work with each other in that ring. They know how to get the best out of each other in that ring. You just know that you're going to end for a good professional wrestling matchup whenever you see the Usos in the New Day. They rarely, if any time, miss the... Uh, they they rarely miss, if you will, in professional wrestling in their tag team realm or even in their uh, six-man realm whenever they have another partner on the Uso side against the whole legit stable that is New Day. But this match was no different. Um, the Usos did win the match by pinfall when they were hit the 3D, which they now call the 1D, on Kofi Kingston to retain their championships, but this happened after they hit Kofi with a super, double super kick and then a stereo uh, Samoan uh, splash off of the turnbuckles, both of them, onto Kofi at the exact same time, and that was their last resort to use the 3D. Uh, the match was a perfect match to open up the pay-per-view. I mean, again... This is a match that you need to go and watch. There's so many highlights in this thing. There's so many uh, maneuvers and wrestling spots in this that you just can tell that these two teams really wanted the crowd to really feel that, yo, they're really bringing everything they can. This is going to be the match to really open the show and start the pace for the show. And they set it up and they really hit it out of the park with this match. Even at one part in the match, you had Kofi Kingston looking to hit the Trouble in Paradise, and literally in mid-rotation, one of the Usos literally super kicked him right in the face, and it looked it completely insane when he did it. And, I mean, you just know you're going to end for a good night when you see these two teams going against each other. I can't recommend it enough. Go watch the match. If there's any match you're really going to watch on the show, just go literally to this match, and you will be fine. But if it's not, go to the end of the pay-per-view and you get the Fatal 5-Way match. But I'll get to that whenever I get to it. And also, I did predict that the Usos were not going to win. I said the New Day. 
but I was wrong, so I already start off with a one in the loss column. The next match will be Madcap Moss going against Drew McIntyre, and McIntyre will win the match by pinfall when he delivered the Claymore kick to Madcap Moss. Uh, it was a decent match between the two. Um, this was more of a Madcap Moss-like showing, and he was able to show off what he can show off. Uh, I believe that he needs to work on a couple more things before we really like say, okay, this was a good Madcap Moss match. No, it was decent because Drew McIntyre is a professional. He knows how to work with uh, people in the ring. So Drew was able to carry and really elevate Madcap to a degree than somebody else. If Madcap was in the ring with, especially with the body type that Drew McIntyre got in Madcap Moscow, they're both like muscled up guys. Well, Drew more than Madcap. Madcap still carries a nice uh, amount of weight muscle on him. But when you compare Drew next to Madcap, you can see that Drew just carries a little bit more weight on him and with the size difference as well um there's nothing else to really talk about here it was just a solid match between the two it was cool and i did predict drew to win so now i'm on the one and one so far after this we get a raw tag team championship matchup between rk bro going against the street profits and before the match began rk bro brought out the migos to be at ringside, so the Migos were in the corner of RK Bro throughout this whole match. Um, again, another solid tag team match here. I'm not gonna say it was on par with the New Day and the Usos because the New Day and the Usos, again, they have had so many years going against each other, they have so many matches going against each other that they know how to work with each other fluently without it just being second nature to them. While RK Bro and the Street Profits, they probably had a couple matches here and there, they haven't had as much matches as the Usos and New Days like going against locking horns with each other. If the RK bro were to literally stay a formulated tag team for about a good year or two, and they've had matches with Street Profits like every month, just one match out of the month, I could see that chemistry between the two being uh, elevated to a point that, yo, that this match would have been a match of the night because you would have gotten Montez Ford being the complete high flyer that he is, Katina with his powerhouse uh, brother of Montez of uh angelo dawkins not like literal like their brothers like literal uh, no like that's my brother like a uh, word bond word is bond situation with those two and with riddle and randy orton the legend that is randy orton taking riddle who is that uh striker mma guy that can do some high flying maneuvers himself under his wing and with Though that team going against the Street Profit team, I could see if those two were to have matches literally once every month or once every bi-monthly, you could see those two teams literally start gelling together. You could see it in this match. They had times when they were gel, and you could tell that they were really, like, clicking on cylinders here. It wasn't a bad match. It just was a good match. I just want these two teams to have more matches together. But I know with it coming to be with Randy Orton being a main eventer and he's still in a good physical condition and WWE being WWE, they're not going to waste Randy Orton's uh, physical condition with him being in such physical shape and him being around so long. They're not going to waste him being in a tag team slot, especially with the character of Randy Orton. He's not a tag team uh, type of guy. He's more of a loner by himself. Him with Riddle right now is a placeholder until they find a 
right way to split these two off. And then you have Riddle going against Randy Orton because that's the natural progression with any uh, type of tag team that Randy Orton is in or any type of stable Randy Orton is in. It's always Randy dips, they feud, and that's always the formula. And that's going to be the formula for RK Bro. But that's not happening here. Uh, RK Bro will win the match by pinfall when Riddle would pop Montez Ford in the air, basically throw him up in the air, and Randy Orton would catch Montez Ford with the RKO, and I might say that was a nice-looking RKO, the way that Montez Ford uh, leaped into the air, and he fell right into Randy's arms for the RKO. It was nice. It was stylish. It was perfection at its finest, and that would end it all. Again, solid tag team match between these two teams. I just wish that they would Again, face each other bi-monthly, and they will get to jail way much more quicker. Because trust me, I can see the Street Profits and RK Bro really tearing the house down whenever they actually do jail their chemistry together. And I had RK Bro winning the match, so now I'm 2-1 right now. After this, we had Edge going against The Miz, who had Maurice in his corner. And Edge wins the match by pinfall, thanks to his wife Beth Phoenix coming out. Let me start off with this. Edge came out with his uh, brood music the same way that he did whenever he went against Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. He had the whole fire pit around him. He came up from the bottom, surrounded himself by fire, walking over, hit his stance, hit his pyro, turned into rated R superstar. So he was transforming himself. Uh, This match was all right. Again, this was one of those matches that Okay, I see what you're doing here. You're trying to do it to fill some time. You're doing this to give Edge something to do until the Royal Rumble. So Edge, whenever he goes to the Royal Rumble, he at least has something, has some type of momentum to make it seem like Edge might be a contender to win the Royal Rumble this year. I see that. He did it with The Miz because The Miz is coming off for Dancing with the Stars. And The Miz also needed something. So, hey, you gave it to The Miz. I understand why you did it. Fine. Um, the match was fine. There's nothing really to write about or like, yay, to talk about like that. It was easy. It was easy on the eyes to look at. The match was cool. It was just okay. Anyway, to the, towards the end of the match, uh, Maurice hit Edge in the head with her purse while the referee was distracted with the Miz. And then the Miz quickly ran over to Edge, hit him with the skull crusher finale. Miz pinned Edge. You would think that'll be it, the way they set it up so well. But Edge kicked out of that. And now you have the Miz and Maurice talking to one another. And they're trying to figure out what's it going to take to put Edge down. And then the Miz just blankly just stares at the entrance stage. And then you see the camera cut away from Miz and Maurice and look over. And it's Beth Phoenix standing there just snarling at the ring. And you could tell that she's looking at the ring. And you just see her just standing there. And she stands there for about a good eight seconds. So it looks like she's trying to hulk up or whatever the case may be. They play the Beth Phoenix uh, entrance music. She walks down to the ring. She scares Maurice off. And when she scares Maurice off, she looks back at Miz. And Miz is now chastising Beth. And Beth is talking back to Miz. And then Miz decides that he's going to focus back his attention on Edge. And once he does, he turns around and he eats a spear from Edge. And Edge pins uh, The Miz to win the match. And I picked Edge to win this. So now I'm 3-1 up. And after the match, you have Beth Phoenix come into the ring. And her and Edge are just staring at 
Miz and Maurice. So we're going to get a Miz and Maurice going against Beth Phoenix and Edge thing. I wish to God we would have got a Seth Rollins and Beth Phoenix going against Edge and no, uh, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, my bad, going against an Edge and Beth Phoenix story whenever Seth Rollins, like, busted into Edge's and Beth Phoenix home in September, October, one of those two episodes of SmackDown. I wish we would have got that because, again, it seemed like they were setting it up that way. I understand Beth Phoenix was doing commentary for NXT whenever that happened, but even on NXT, she would mention how Edge was going to handle the Seth Rollins problem whenever they would play a promo package of SmackDown and it would show the highlight of uh, Seth Rollins doing something to Edge or something along that case of the storyline. You always hear Beth Phoenix say something about Edge taking care of Seth Rollins or Seth Rollins is going to get what's coming to him. They played into it like Beth Phoenix was going to pop into that storyline, which never happened. But we get... Beth Phoenix popping into this Miz and Marie storyline with Edge, I'm just like, all right, cool. I understand why you did it for this one. Cool, whatever. I just wish that we would have gotten Beth Phoenix popping into that storyline and helping out her husband Edge on that. And then we would have got Beth uh, Becky Lynch popping in to help out her husband, Seth Rollins. Because Becky wants to have a match with Beth Phoenix. She's trying to get that match. But we might ultimately get that this year. Maybe. Hopefully we do. I just want both couples to go against each other in the ring because that will be an entertaining matchup. All four know how to work in the ring, so I guarantee it will be nothing less than great. So I hope that's what we get. But again, this match was all right. It was cool. It did what it was supposed to do. It ate up time. It's whatever. After this, we had the Raw Women's Championship match between Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan. And Becky won the match by pinfall. Uh, when Becky countered uh, Liv Morgan's oblivion into the manhandle slam for the win. Liv Morgan, this was Liv Morgan's come out uh, matchup to me, personally. This match right here, because Liv Morgan took uh, all the knowledge that she obtained from her original match that she had with Becky Lynch on Raw and put that knowledge into this one. She came out more aggressive. She came out uh, doing a more nastier uh, maneuvers. At one point, she had the rings of Saturn locked in on Becky Lynch, and Becky had her feet on the rope, and the referee counted up to five, because you know as a wrestler, you have until the count of five to let go of the hold. Liv Morgan didn't let go until the count of four, then she let go, and then Becky rolled out of the ring. Liv Morgan was showing a more aggressive side, showing that she has the killer instinct to get the job done in the ring. This was truly Liv Morgan's coming out party to Becky Lynch, and even at uh, points you have Becky literally trying to figure out how she can take away and put Liv Morgan down. Points in the match you would see Becky Lynch like talking to herself and really have the uh, nervousness on her face. Like what was what's it going to take for me to put Liv Morgan down? What's it going to take for me to do? What what do I got to do? And ultimately. It took the manhandle slam. It ultimately took you to counter out of Liv Morgan's oblivion, hit the manhandle slam, and just pin her and beat her. Again, this was Liv Morgan's coming out party. It was fine. It was great. The match was match was better than I gave it credit for, personally. Me being who I am, I don't see Liv Morgan really wrestling like that. I mean, there's videos of her training out here with uh, TJ Wilson's 
uh, ring and her with other people in their training. And I get it. That's what wrestlers do. They sharpen up their toolkits so they can use it in the ring and use the knowledge that they take from that uh, sparring session in the ring and learn it and obtain it and do those uh, moves inside the match. I understand that. But to me personally, it's been too many stopping starts with Liv Morgan that I don't see her in that way before this match. I didn't see her like, okay, WWE's not going to do something. I didn't see her as like that wrestler wrestler that we see of the Charlottes, the uh, Becky Lynch, the Sasha's, the Bailey's, the um, all these women. The four horse women, if you will, and even to a point, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, she can wrestle whenever she wants to wrestle, too. You gotta throw her in that as well. I didn't see that in for Liv Morgan, but this match really proved that okay, if whenever they want to give Liv Morgan the ball, Liv Morgan can run with the ball and do what she gotta do with the ball to make you believe that okay, she can win this, she can do this. And I personally enjoyed it, I was really shocked about it, and I enjoyed it. Again, I did say Becky was going to win the match in my predictions. And so now four and one. And technically to me, that's where this whole thing ends, if I'm going to be honest with you. Because the next match after this was the WWE Championship. And originally it was supposed to be the Fatal 4-Way with Big E defending against Seth, Kevin Owens, and Bobby Lashley. But then when it turns out that Brock Lesnar is getting put into this match, I still had Big E to win this thing. But that didn't happen. Brock Lesnar won the match by pinfall when Brock hit Big E with a F5 to win the match and become the new WWE champion. I do not count this match on my record. I don't at all because I would love to know what would have happened if Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar would have went against each other. And I want to know who would have won this fatal four-way match between the original four contestants in this match. So I don't count this on the record at all. I'm still standing at 4-1 to end this pay-per-view. That's where I stand on this. Let me state this right now. My brother came into this. My brother came into my room as I was watching day one. Literally a couple, I believe like matches. I believe like the RK bro going to Street Profit match was happening. And I told him about what's going on with Roman. And I told him how they had to add Brock into the match. And I told my brother, listen here, I still want Big E to win. But if they give it to Brock, they need to throw the whole matchup away. They need to throw the whole ending away. Throw it away. I was not even trying to even think about it. Because I was like, why would they, why would you do that? That doesn't make, no, no. And I said, the only way I will accept it is if they do something that's going to make me say, okay, cool. Other than that, throw the whole thing away. And the thing that I was thinking about is the one matchup that we constantly, as wrestling fans, what we've been plotting and saying for years since Bobby Lashley has gotten back into WWE, and I believe that was in, not was it 2019 or 2018? 2018. Came back, and he was in WWE. He started off slow, but then when he got picked up quickly and they had to do their job, we knew... That somehow, someway, we had to get Bobby Lashley going against Brock Lesnar. Years and years and years went by. We thought we'll never get it. But now it seems like we're getting it. Because after the match was done, they will flash a camera to Brock Lesnar looking so happy to hold the WWE Championship. I mean, he's smiling, dog. You didn't even see 
Brock Lesnar smile when he first won the WWE Championship. And I mean, back in 2002, he looked like a complete meathead, musclehead. I mean, my man flexed with that WWE Championship. And I mean, like his veins were popping out. He was red in the face. And even when he won the Universal Championship, he didn't smile. He didn't do nothing. He just looked brawlic. He just looked real stoic as Paul Heyman was handing him the Universal Championship. And even the WWE Championship in 20, what, 2014, when after he decimated uh, John Cena at SummerSlam, he still didn't have a smile on his face like that, the way that he did here. Whenever he won this WWE Championship, he had a smile, smile on his face. He was laughing it up. He was smiling so hard. And I mean, he was cheesing, dog. And the camera would flash over to Brock, and it would flash over to Bobby Lashley, who had a stoic look on his face and MVP was behind Bobby Lashley and then it will flash back to Brock who Brock's now looking at Bobby and he's smiling in Bobby Lashley's face and he's holding up the WWE championship and all that type of good stuff so WWE's planting the seeds that we're going to get a Brock Lesnar going against a Bobby Lashley situation somewhere down the line now I don't want them to Pull this match away from the fans after you're already indicating it literally at the end of the pay-per-view of, okay, the next challenger or somewhere down the line, we're going to get Brock versus Lashley. And if that's where we're headed, and I said that to myself when I was talking to my brother and said, okay, there's only one way I will accept it, and this is it right here. We're going to get Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. And even in that outcome, I want Bobby to win because what does it gain for Brock Lesnar to beat Bobby Lashley? It does nothing. It does nothing at all if Brock beats Lashley. It does something for Lashley if he beats Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar has this aura around him that, yo, once you get even into that spotlight or in that match with Brock Lesnar, you get elevated to a certain point for a couple of weeks or even a month or two. You get elevated that you were in that match with Lashley. Not Lashley, but with Lesnar. You think I'm lying? Look back to, okay, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe had his match with Brock Lesnar at Great Balls of Fire in 2018, I want to say. twenty. No, no, no. Was it 2018? 2017. 2017. He had his match against, yeah, because it was 2017. He had his match against uh, Brock Lesnar at 2017 at Great Balls of Fire. Look at it. The week's building up to that match. Samoa Joe was decimating Brock Lesnar every opportunity he got. He was putting Paul Heyman to sleep. He put Brock Lesnar to sleep on the entrance stage. Samoa Joe was that man. It looked like Samoa Joe was going to take that Universal Championship off of Brock Lesnar in 2017. It didn't happen. He lost at Great Balls of Fire, but before the match even began, Samoa Joe put a beat down on Brock Lesnar. And the weeks followed up after that, you would see Samoa Joe just be on a completely just a rampage, him just talking mad, wild, and reckless to Brock Lesnar, him talking reckless to Roman Reigns, him talking reckless to anybody and everybody, even Braun Strowman, who at the time was still the monster among men, but he wasn't like the guy yet, even though at the time we wanted Strowman to be the guy because it looked like they were building Strowman enough to be the guy. None of that never occurred. Nobody beat Brock Lesnar that year. It took the next year, 2018, when Roman Reigns did it. But he had to relinquish the championship during the 
uh, his leukemia uh, popping up. But all that being said, when you get in that element, when you get in that match with Brock Lesnar, you're elevated to another level. And if you beat him, you get elevated, and it's all about how creative wants to take you and how they want to present you after this for beating Brock Lesnar. You always have that moniker, I beat Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre in 2020, he didn't get that type of deal. Yes, he got it on the internet because everybody wanted to see him beat Brock Lesnar and him to be the WWE Champion at WrestleMania. We would have gotten that big hero's welcome out of that WrestleMania, but COVID took everybody out of the picture. They gave, they really robbed Drew McIntyre of that moment to have that in front of everybody, in front of a stadium fully cheering his name, which a stadium would have cheered his name, and that would have been the biggest hero's welcome for Drew McIntyre, and Drew McIntyre would have really shot up to another uh, level, but he did that inside an empty WWE Performance Center, and he beat Brock Lesnar, and everybody on the internet saw it, yeah, but that, I mean, it elevated him for a little bit, but really, when you look back at it, it really did nothing for Drew McIntyre, if we're really going to truly be honest, it did nothing for him, so with this now being in front of fans, hopefully now, because I'm not sure if What's going to happen with the lockdown? I'm not sure if another lockdown's coming. I have a feeling that it is, but we'll have to see whenever that happens. But if no lockdown's coming and it's going to be in front of a crowd, I want Bobby to beat Brock Lesnar to be WWE champion. Also, I want another black man to beat Brock Lesnar for the WWE championship after Brock beat Kofi Kingston in 2019 in the shortest and fastest match on SmackDown history for the WWE Championship. So fast, I believe it was like 10 or 15 seconds to become the WWE Champion after Kofi beat Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania in 2019. He had the biggest Kofi Mania moment. He had the moment at WrestleMania in 2019. And Kofi has really like never gotten his one-on-one like legit rematch against Brock. I want another black man to beat Brock Lesnar, I do, just to get that comeuppance on Brock Lesnar as a black man. I do. I'm not even going to try to lie and try to stunt and try to like, oh, no. No, I really do. I want that. That's another reason why I want Bobby Lashley to do it. But we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. The match was chaotic. You had uh, people, like, doing finishers toward each other quick. You had, well, obviously, Brock Lesnar doing his... Uh, German suplexes off the rip towards um, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. You had him giving people F5s. The only person he didn't F5 in this match, really, and I'm not even going to say really, the only person he really didn't F5, truly, was Bobby Lashley. He didn't F5 Bobby. If anything, Bobby was always able to catch Brock Lesnar slipping. He speared Brock Lesnar outside of the ring through a barricade. Even in the ring, he speared uh, Brock Lesnar. You had Big E hitting uh, big endings on, I believe, yeah, he hit a big ending on Kevin Owens, and then I think he hit it on Bobby Lashley, and then ultimately, well, as soon as he was trying to hit a big ending on Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar got him and hit him with an F5 and won the match that way. Even in the match, you had Seth Rollins hitting a curb stomp, oh, I believe, on 
on um, Brock Lesnar. The only person who didn't get to hit a finisher, technically, well, the stunner, was Kevin Owens. He was able to hit the pop-up powerbomb on Big E, but that didn't finish off Big E. This match was chaotic. It deserves to be on the match of the, li- match of the year so far. It was real chaotic. I suggest you to watch that too. Now, out of the tag team match or this match, if you want to watch for a quality matchup, and I mean really sit there and enjoy the match, you want to watch the first match of the night, the Usos going against the New Day. But if you're looking for chaos, nothing but pure chaos, quick, fast-paced, boom, 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 get in, get out type situation. And I mean, it was last about a good 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes-ish for this match. You go for the main event. You got your own pick and choose situation. But those two were legitimately the matches of the nights. The beginning of the night, the tag team SmackDown tag team championship match. And the end of the night, WWE championship match, Fatal Five Way. Both of those matches were good. They were straight. I suggest you watch either match. That's all up to you. But again, uh, WWE day one. First in match, in ending match, good. Everything else was nothing but filler, except for the Raw Women's Championship match. Again, that was Liv Morgan's come out party, and she just straight up just died. She did what she had to do. She showed off that she can have that killer instinct, and I really, really appreciate WWE giving Liv Morgan the ball and say, hey, go ahead, run with it. Let's see what you got. And um, Liv Morgan really impressed me personally. She really impressed me, and I... I uh, there's some kudos to Lou Morgan. Real, real kudos to her. And with that, that's just a review of WWE Day 1. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys do watch uh, Day 1. If not, watch the first match or the ending match. Trust me, you can find it on Peacock, or I'm pretty sure you can find it somewhere on YouTube. Somebody got it somewhere. I guarantee you they do. Uh, with that, you can find me on Twitter at My2Podcast. You can find me on Instagram, My2CentsPodcastG2. You can find me on email. My email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com. M Y two C N T S P O D at yahoo.com. And um, that's it. If you haven't listened to my Sunday episode, take a listen to it. If you haven't listened to Wrestling Holidays of the Week, take a listen to it. Um, and with that, that's all I got. That's all I got for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it. This has been my Two Cents Podcast Reviews. I have been G2. I bid you guys adieu. Kanye, can you please take us home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.